Welcome back to the Weekend Warrior Show Recap Podcast. I'm Ty from the Unemployed Architects. Today I'm sitting down with a, a brand new face. We've never actually talked before, I don't think. This is beyond uh, the internet to set this up, but this is Austin Willis from 3rd Street Down. How you doing, man? Pretty good. How you doing? Can't, can't complain. Can't complain. Yeah. So, um, we were talking a little bit before how we had never really had an actual conversation before, yeah. so we tried to save some of it, some of this getting to know you so i've known third street down for a while i mean i've known of you guys i've seen you play solo and i've seen uh the full band i think at make music normal like just a few songs there at the end but um and i also does jake denny still play with you yes he does does he play in drums yeah, the last time we played, he was playing drums for us. Man, that kid's talented, talented huh? Because he was playing bass, right, or guitar. He was playing guitar, guitar yeah. right? So, playing guitar and then switches over to drums yep. for you. Yeah, I watched some of the. You you recently did the Bloomington Center of the Performance Arts. Right. They're doing some virtual concert series, and I saw that, and I was really really confused by it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, because yeah. I was looking for him as a guitar player. Yeah. And then he just uh, wasn't wasn't there. And then I was like. Oh, the redhead kid on the drums, right? Yeah, he. We've gotten that a lot from people saying, like, you know, the, the drummer looked really familiar, but I just couldn't put my finger on it. I'm like, oh, he, that's Jake, the guitarist. You know, he's always there. Just <laughs> he, he's in a different position and just throws people off so much. Well, and he's kind of a young guy, right? Yeah, like he's so. 17. I feel like his face changes, you know, because yeah. he's getting old. I've known that kid for a long time. He used to. I used to do a lot of busking, and I still do, oh, right, but um, right. he, he was a, a kid that would come out and just kind of stand there for a long time and talk to us a little bit, and I think he saw us play at the Circle a few times, and, um, you know, we yeah. talked about music a lot, and then uh, he told me, you know, one of the, maybe a couple years ago, three years ago, when I, he caught me out busking again, and I was like, what have you been up to, man? And he's like, oh, I'm playing with this band, Third Street Down, and that was my, <laughs> my first introduction, so... Um, yeah. Do you want to tell me some, just some general stuff? I, I saw you have a saxophone player now. Is that a regular thing? Yeah. Well, since we've... Because when we started, we were Sunday afternoon. Oh, so a different name. Right. We started... I put the, game, the band together with my friends when I was probably 17, 16, 17, around there. Uh, we've been playing for about four years or so. Awesome. Um... But yeah, it would have been me, Damari Fennell, who's on keys, and Jacob uh, Labertu, that's on saxophone. He was also one of the original oh, members. Oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, it was ever since we've been Sunday afternoon, he's been with us. But the previous year, the first year that we were Third Street Down, I believe, um, or no, the second year we were Third Street Down, he wasn't there with us. Okay, so because the, he had gotten an internship, the saxophone player, right? Okay, he had gotten an internship out in Pennsylvania and spent the summer out there, and so he wasn't with us that summer to play. But what 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 inspired the name change? Um, Sunday afternoon was confusing people. I gotcha. Uh, like we would play at night shop, and we'd have on the marquee on the board on the marquee out front Sunday afternoon, Friday night. <laughs> and I people would be really confused like well what's on Sunday afternoon and what's on Friday night <laughs> it's just two dates you know? <laughs> yeah, so we were like maybe we should change that 
and it actually did pretty well for us. I mean, when we changed the name, we had more followers on Facebook, like, after the first week than we had on our on our other Facebook page for the Sunday afternoon. That's um, awesome. But yeah, it helped a lot, and it helped us grow, too, because it felt like we had a new identity, almost. So it allowed the, us to grow musically a little bit. That's what I was going to ask. Did, it, did your style change a little bit along with it? A little bit. A little bit. I've kind of been in, like, a songwriting rut for the past couple years, and I don't know what it is. Like, it just takes so much to get... Well, uh, I mean, as a songwriter, I, I can relate to that. I, yeah. I feel like you just got to capitalize in the right time, you know? Right. And sometimes you'll go months, and you won't get... But then you'll you'll have that one night, and it's like you'll have half a song or a quarter oh, of a yeah. song or a whole song, even. And it oh, just, yeah. just never... Uh, it's not very consistent. I mean, I know it's something they say, you know, you can, like, kind of practice and yeah. stuff like that, and you should get in a routine of doing, you know, working mm -hmm. every day, but mm -hmm. that just doesn't seem to be how I do it very well. If I do it, I just do it that way, I get a lot of forced, weird, like, stuff I'm not happy with. Right. It's like, for me, my problem is, when I write songs, I record it on my phone, which I think most people do now, voice recordings. Mm -hmm. And that way, I can hear it later if I like forget what I did in a certain part, or whatever. And so when I just come up with an idea, like a melody, or maybe I've got a few chords on the guitar, and I'm thinking of like a vocal run in my head, I might hum it out or whatever. And I've got hundreds of those in my phone, and I do it, and then I never go back to it to finish it and make it into something. So you. if I would just go through my phone a few times, you have two albums maybe. Uh, yeah, jeez. <laughs> so speaking of albums, do you have some albums out? We've got an EP out under Sunday Afternoon. Okay. So and we've got two singles out under Third Street Down. Those two I've listened to very recently. So because right um, I I actually recently made a huge Spotify playlist of a bunch of local musicians cool. and cool. stuff. And uh, so is I that did public. Because I might. I think I think so. I think so. It's uh, actually one. I just got a job at the music shop in Normal, which is where I saw you. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. And uh, so I don't know. We get to pick our own music there. So I just thought it would be cool to have like local music playing. Yeah. Like I, I feel like it's like, you know, we're on that team anyway. You know, we right. want to support our our people, our our local artists and stuff. So I've been playing that, and I just tried to kind of compile a list. Of course, I'm sure I'm leaving a hundred people out, and I, you know. Would, would uh, there's so many people in town that do music that we don't even know about, right? I mean, and the colleges are two places on there that in town where there's tons of music going on, but like it's like a separate scene. Well, and it's you know, uh, to get it on to Spotify, I mean. It doesn't take that much to do, but it is right. one extra step that a lot of bands just kind of yeah. leave out. A lot for of some people are like Bandcamp and yeah, I, I never understood Bandcamp. Yeah, we're on Bandcamp, but I Jacob, the saxophonist, he does a lot. He helps a lot with that and does a lot with the where we're going to put our music at and streaming and what services we're going to subscribe to, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so. He's got us on Bandcamp and stuff, and I guess I guess it's good for some stuff. I'm not really all versed on what all that does because he does all that. It, it's just band. So there's like three that I don't. I think uh, Reverb Nation, SoundCloud, yep, yep. and Bandcamp. I I mean I have music on there, but 
I don't really know that it does anybody any good. Mm. I, I don't know who uses those platforms. I think most people, when they listen to music, they either type it into Google and whatever pops up first they click on, or, you know, they they uh, just go to Spotify or Apple Music. I think those are kind of the two big ones. Maybe right. YouTube, but even that's like a stretch. YouTube for your phone. I mean, just to listen to music. I'm not saying, like, just in general, but anyway. So I, I don't really... I don't. I, I think the benefit to Bandcamp is the artist gets a lot of the cut, maybe. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know that it would really help my bank account a whole lot. Right. But um, anyway, it's so not popular to buy local music all that much or pay for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm giving mine away. I don't know what, <laughs> what you do at shows, but I was. I had Nolan Kelly in here last week, and uh, oh, did you? We were talking about like merch table and how it takes. You know, it takes a whole extra like set of people almost to run the yeah. merch table, and most bands don't have that kind of budget. What I do is I just have a bunch of C. I make CDs like on disc makers, or just, they're really mm-hmm. just sample CDs that have all my links on the f- cover. It's like a no, demo right almost. It's not even like a real album. Yeah, just kind of a it's like a songwriter's mixtape. Yeah, <laughs> and like here's some songs. If you like these songs. If you even have a CD player, <laughs> you yeah. can listen to these, you know, you can tr- put them in your car, whatever. But mostly, check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, all that stuff. Because, I, right. I mean, I, I, think, I think when I say I have CDs to younger people, they're just n- not interested at all. So I almost right. have to, like, be like, but, you know, all that information, if you just need to remember our name, even take the CD with you. Yeah. I feel like it's harder in today's music age to sell music in general because who's buying music everybody's streaming Streaming. paying for a service and just streaming it to their phone Mm -hmm. i mean and it's ridiculously convenient oh yeah and it's better than like i don't know how how old are you You 21 21 so you're you know i'm 10 years older than you so um when i was in high school that was like napster times yeah 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 and so you know, we were pretty much ripping off artists at that. We'd either buy their CDs or right. we would, you know, get get a bunch of music off, like, the free streaming or the free downloading sites. Right. And, you know, that didn't help the artists at all. At least no. the Spotify, like, I, I, I have a clearer conscious, like, streaming music. Because yeah. it's like, I'm so, I know it's not much, but, and they kind of get all artists, because I know it, because I am, you know, on there, that I know how much they get per stream most of the time. Right. It's not much. But at mm-hmm. least I'm giving them something every time I listen. And I think that that's, you know, it's it's not buying a CD for sure. Right. But it's something. It's some sort of support. It's so weird. It's like coming to such a different age of music and it changed so drastically over such a short period of time. Yeah, I mean, it's just technology changed yeah. so drastically. And along with that, it just completely changed the music industry. Oh, yeah. But you're you're growing up kind of in the thick of it. I was right. I was a little pre, pre crazy. I mean, I didn't even have a smartphone until, like, I was True. out of college. So, I mean, you, I'm you've... fortunate. I was fortunate enough to be born into the generation that I am, because I got enough, a little bit of that like older way of what it was like. Because I remember going onto the websites to download the, the free like bootlegged yeah, yeah, yeah songs and albums and everything going to the library and getting the cds and downloading them onto the computer and then ripping them off so them i'll, I'll take you a, a step back further when i had a paper out and i was like in in middle school i would 
you know, had to, I'd have a CD that probably I burned off the computer. Uh -huh. Burning CDs was a thing. And then, um, you know, I'd take a cassette tape and I would tape it because I had a tape player for my, nice. my paper out. So nice. I'd have a mixtape burned or recorded from a burned CD. Nice. Yeah. It's different, different world. It man. just slowly somehow started picking up speed before you know it we're just zooming now and driving well, and to mars <laughs> there's <laughs> it's pretty crazy to think about like you know when I, I i even when i was younger it was you know still there was a lot of artists coming out and stuff but i feel like you know the well never gets dry it never stops like every day millions of songs are be, being released probably just on spotify and you know there's already this backlog of all the music that's ever been created before right so it's just getting you know exponentially the well is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you like i'm sure you have but like getting lost in Spotify or just in some streaming service and just finding more and more and more and yeah, more Yeah, and the thing is, there's a million great songs yeah. that I've never heard before. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a, such a weird thing to, you know, want to be a musician and then, like, realize that it's, like, almost impossible to stand out. Yeah. I don't know if uh, you feel it any way that you feel oh, that abs way. Absolutely. I, I've had that feeling a lot because it's like, we live in this age of like extreme exposure and communication that humans have never had before. Like, so I used to live in Mexico, and I was just there actually last week, cool. and was hanging out with friends and visiting. And, but I'm able to keep up with them from here, like on a daily basis, just like. I would with anybody else and I text my friends down there just as much as I text my friend that lives five minutes away from me right and that's something that would have been completely foreign to my parents mm -hmm. I grew up in the 70s and uh, 80s and it's just definitely crazy to think about and it's only gonna get crazier so yeah I don't know it's it's, it's like from a music perspective it just seems like you, you know you just have you're always the underdog like there's no I don't know if, 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 if that's uh, relatable at all to you, but I do have that feeling a lot where it's yeah. like, I, d I don't know how, I mean, I'm going to keep writing songs, I'm going to keep making art for art, but, you know, it would be nice to have some sort of kickback, but right. I just, uh, my, my perspective on it has changed a little bit, you know, because I, I don't, I think my idea of what success is is just different than what, you know, if you think about, like, Elvis. Yeah. Know, like Elvis Presley. I mean, he was uh, world famous, like, and one, one of a kind, or just, you know, the Beatles, or like, right. you know, uh, uh, Ray Charles, you know, any anybody that, from the, like, that kind of time period, that 50s, 60s, 70s kind of era, mm -hmm. you know, is just a whole, like, there's no way that any band or any, I mean, it, it's possible, but it's way less likely. And I think if you do it, your your minute is a lot, like your your time. Like, I feel like Elvis was popular for a long time, like decades. Johnny Cash, one of my favorites. Yeah. He was decades. I mean, even in the 2000s, he was releasing songs that were popular. Absolutely, yeah. And, uh, you know, so I, it's just, 
I don't think there's ever going to be that again. Yeah, it's hard to say, because, I mean, the age of streaming that we're in now has kind of... There's a lot of pros and cons to it. I mean, cons go... Well, pros to start with. It gave everybody a chance to get on that playing field. Definitely. So, like, on the same streaming service, the same place that people are going to listen to Bob Marley. Like, if somebody's going to go listen to a Bob Marley song, my song Third Street that Down I made with my band is on, on that same site. Yeah. yeah. On the same playlist, even. Yeah, you it can, can be on the same... Exactly. So it gave everybody that opportunity to be on that level. But the industry somehow find a way to found a way to still make it even harder on top of that but also it was just by nature as well because there's so many people all over the globe putting stuff on because i mean before it was just people in their own little market where they lived where they lived and at. i mean they had to get a record company to right uh, essentially you know you think of a record deal and all a record deal is is like a loan a loan to record a kick-ass album, mm-hmm. um, and then you're you're stuck trying to pay it back for pennies on the CD sold, you know, right. because you 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 don't because they put all the money up front, they just rip you off kind of on the back end too, and yeah. you, you so I mean now that that's not a thing, they don't really have a, they can't really make money that way, so they had to kind of figure out a completely different way to even. Right, make any sort of money because we don't need them anymore. I mean, right. I, like you said, it leveled the playing field, so I can be on the same list as a Bob Marley song, and you know, it doesn't have. I don't have to know anybody special. I just have to know the technology and the websites. Yeah. That's it, which is easy to learn. I mean, just like and if you're else. good, if you can get good at marketing on social media and getting your name in front of people's faces on their phones. Then that's that's all you need, like. Well, you say it's all you need, but that's a lot. I it mean, is. I, it is a lot. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't. I don't mean to say it like it's. Oh, that's all you need. It's so easy. Bam, yeah. bam, bam. <laughs> no, it's a lot. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I I struggle with that stuff constantly. Are you Are you pretty active on the social medias and all that stuff? Uh, I've seen not, I've seen that recently. I mean, on my personals. Yeah, I was gonna say I've seen you po- posting a lot of like political stuff, mm-hmm. and we can maybe talk about a little bit of that later. Oh but, yeah. Um, anyway, uh, so tell me more about Third Street Down. What have you guys been doing lately? Uh, oh. I do always like to ask the question since this is the Weekend Warrior Show Recap Podcast. Uh, I like to, you know, s- try to ask you about like just a favorite show you have or a you know a cool memory or like a little tour or something yeah. like that so we can get to that and let you think about it for a minute but right what have you guys been up to well i guess well we haven't announced this yet but we're kind of going on a hiatus oh i gotcha uh i'm actually moving and i'll be skipping town um and along with Logan, bass player in the band, who we leave in as well eventually. Um, our keyboard player lives in Indiana now. Mm. So you guys and are real spread out. Yeah, everybody's just kind of growing up. I mean, it was something we kind of started as kids, and now we're just kind of growing up. And so you think that it's gonna morph into something different for you, or? Um, I say hiatus because 
bringing technology back into it. We live in this age where we can create music wherever we are, mm -hmm. you know? If I come up with an idea for a song and wherever I'm at and think, man, this would be a good song for Third Street Down, and call the guys up and send my track to them and see what they can do, because most everybody's got their own systems to Def record and things like that. Excuse me. So, excuse it's me for bubbly. Oh, it's that bubbly. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, but since we're all just kind of going our separate ways, and, I mean, in general, if we're going to get anywhere in music, we got to get to a bigger market. Yeah. It's going to be more beneficial. Not saying so what at what We've what are you arrived here. What are you, uh, where are you moving to? I'm looking, I'm going to Phoenix. Phoenix, Arizona? Yeah, Phoenix, What's Arizona. in Phoenix? What's bringing you that way? Um, the heat. <laughs> Trying to get away from the winter before I, it gets here. I feel you on that. You know, it's, yeah. uh... So, you said you lived in Mexico. How right. long did you live there? I lived there for nine months. And so this all, all kind of ties into each, into each other. Uh, I've been trying to get back to Mexico ever since I left. <laughs> <laughs> I get but, um And I finally decided that I'm just going to do it. And I was planning on being there by November this year. But I don't have enough money saved up yet. So... But I also just really don't want to be here for the winter because I hate it. Yeah, I... I I 100% understand. Yeah, uh, there's no question about the 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 Midwest winters, man. They are it's, rough. It's awful. Yeah, it is awful. But you've you've lived here for a while, or yeah, born and raised here. So, so I mean, you sh you you know you get used to it. I, I, I mean, yeah, I got used to it, and I was used to it throughout high school, and then I went and lived in Mexico, and then I came back, and I, after having spent a winter. Where I lived at in Mexico is out and like more towards the uh, south um, in the Yucatan Peninsula. Okay. It's like where Cancun is, Riviera Maya. I lived in a city called Merida. And down there, it's hot. All the time. All the time. So it's yeah. like it is today, just every day. Uh, but hotter. Right. Yeah. And so I got used to that. And in the winter, it gets nicer. And like the evenings it'll get maybe to like the low 70s uh high high 60s and that's like freezing for them mm -hmm. but i'm like this ain't too bad well being from illinois yeah, yeah i, I can like, live with this it's like a nice uh spring day right you know? right so i'm trying to just so going to phoenix and then making eventually the move to mexico right just going to phoenix to continue saving money while simultaneously avoiding the winter <laughs> i gotcha so what's in phoenix that i mean because you're going to be making money somehow there so you get yeah, a job i'm or just going to try to get a job um i'm not really looking at anything in specific like just something to make some money and pay the bills and uh logan is gonna come with me eventually he's uh gonna stay here save up a little bit more money um so are you planning on continuing music throughout yeah, the absolutely. like as far as phoenix and mexico yeah for sure uh music's like been my passion and told myself for too long and people have been telling me for too long that I can't just give it up for any reason I've always got to keep up with it so I'm gonna do that and well, I just I, I can't even imagine the market in Mexico I mean what 
is there a big live music market down there that would like the kind of music that the, you make? The Latin American music scene is an interesting one because like here we've got the American music scene. Mm-hmm. That's what you get. Might get a little bit of sprinkling from Europe every once in a while. But in Latin America, it's all of Latin America. That's mm-hmm. a lot of countries. Yeah. And a lot of people. And plus Spain will we'll get some influence in there as well. So I'm excited to get down there and see where my music might go in that aspect. Because we're going to be in a good area as well. That peninsula area that uh, we lived in. First of all, it's known to be like the safest part in all of Mexico. I've never had any issues there. Walked around in the streets at night by myself, no problem. Um, and it's that's just what it's known for. Like even the other people in Mexico say, "Oh, yeah, it's like another country there. Like <laughs> it's a different place." But um, it's three hours from Cancun, and Cancun is a huge tourist destination, yeah. as everyone well knows. So there's a lot of opportunities for music out there as far as playing on resorts or at bars and things like that and a lot of those tourists are coming from the United States Canada and Europe where all the money's coming from as well Mm -hmm. so there's some so that's the plan I I yeah that's that's kind of the plan we're going to try to see what we can do with that and get in front of a large very buried audience exactly could you know take you back home with exactly you exactly because i mean here in the midwest we can reach you know who we can reach out here i feel like it's good in both directions and right you if know, you can get up into the chicago market you're getting some good exposure i'm saying like you know you the, the good thing about illinois the thing that i think about is i can get to either side of the country pretty easy right right in the middle so like we do a tour out to colorado we try to do it once a year and that's like you know 14 15 hours and then if you go the other way to new york it's about the same exact drive so i mean and then it's another third of the i mean it's more like a a third a third and then another third to get would be to get to california so i mean it is kind of nice in that way and i think there's a lot of artists in this town that really do tour a good amount and right. uh, i've always seen that and thought you know i i feel like that's probably why they stay here because you can kind of get every everywhere you could get, yeah. get to the big city in chicago like you're saying you can you know if you want to take a tour you can really get across the country which is absolutely cool. and i and i i definitely see the benefits the benefits there I think that what I'm going for here in Mexico would be, might be an opportunity where rather than having to spend all the money touring, they come to you. Exactly. I got you. Exactly. It's a good idea. I'm not, I'm not taken away from No, no, yeah. That's a, you know, I've never thought about that before. That's a cool, cool plan. Could be a good opportunity. So, um, other than that and the, the temperature, obviously, is there any other cool part that you're looking forward to down there or just like it's like home to me almost when i lived down there before i made i made a lot of friends and they all kind of took me in and treat me like family like their parents all treat me like family and take me in and take care of me and so i'm just excited to go back to that and just be around all them again 
and that's just kind of a open-ended plan. You don't really have a, a yeah. or do you just think you want to stay down there forever? I mean, that's that's the start of life adventure for Austin. <laughs> I guess gotcha. Phoenix is kind of like the trial run. Mm-hmm. I guess you could say Mexico in the first time was kind of like the trial run. That was just kind of like a playtime. Yeah, yeah, this is real. Phoenix is going to be kind of like a trial run. And then that's going to be like, all right, here we go. We're starting, starting life now. And can we do it? Can we do it? Can we keep it rolling? I, I, have, I have a good feeling, uh, but we're going to see. We're going to see. That's cool. I, li- I like the adventurer attitude. I feel like as a musician, you kind of yeah. have to have that to some. Absolutely. Because every show is like a mini adventure. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's so much like pre-show, post-show, like crazy stuff that goes on that mm-hmm. you know most of the people I feel like that go to shows a lot don't really think about. But the life of like some, like a gigging musician, which you know we're in a time where that's maybe a thing of the past. I don't really know for sure. Hey. But I don't want to say that really. I'm, I'm kind of exaggerating hopefully exaggerating. Yeah. But um, yeah, you have to have a little bit of an adventurer's I think like vibe. Like you yeah. have to you have to be ready to go and you have to just take risks and I don't know. I, I, f- I feel like so you're, you're probably taking to it. It seems like you're taking it to a whole next level which is really cool because I don't know if I can imagine myself just moving to Mexico, but... Hey, I mean, I look at it as... I want to make it a norm, a normal thing to where it's not like a, a next level. That it just becomes nor- more normal for the next generation of Americans to kind of just be more adventurous. and That it be more normal to share culture with other people around the world and... I- in theory, that sounds great. I mean, I would love to travel all over the yeah. world, but I don't have a way, a, a means, a lot of the time. Right. And so, to, to I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a neurotic and worrier, um, and I, I like to make sure that all my, you know, financials are kind of in order to a right. point. I'm not saying they're great, but I'm saying like, I'm, I feel like I have to be a little bit responsible. I'm not, I'm not like just. But yeah. in that same, like I have that side to me, and then I have you know that adventure. Like let's let's do right. a tour out to Colorado and just I'll book some shows and see what happens, you know. Right. But I feel like I have to have one so I can have the other. If that makes sense. Yeah. But I feel like because I definitely get that that feedback as well. Like people think I'm just kind of not. I'm not accusing you of anything. I'm like no, no. It, go ahead. Other people. Uh, like, if other people think, oh, he's just messing around or just traveling or whatever. and But no, really, I'm just living life. Like, it's, like there's a responsible way to go about doing it, you know? Like, I, I could go to Mexico right now with the money I have saved, but I, it wouldn't last very long. Mm-hmm. And also with COVID right now, there's not a lot. Yeah, going that was going to be a question down the road. I was going to get to yeah. traveling and how how is that kind of so, in your head? But well, uh, keep going. So I mean, 
for example, if it were more normal for people to go out and spend time in other countries and live in different pla live in different places, because here in the United States, if somebody wants to move to a different place, it's pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times in other countries, it's not too expensive. Like I'm only planning on saving not any more than ten grand to go to Mexico and be able to live. I guess, I, I, just my thinking here, I, and this is me, if I save $10,000, it's like, I want to be in the studio recording. Like, right, I, I, right. And, and that's, you know, uh, what a good full album is going to cost you at least $10,000. Right. So I guess that's where I end up and place a lot of my focus instead of, um, which I'm not saying is right or wrong, that's just how I've, how yeah, I've done absolutely. it so far. Absolutely. But, uh, and you know there is definitely obviously an age difference between us so I think, right, I right. think doing what you're doing now is a great idea a great plan I, I I think the idea of getting in front of a lot of people from all over the world is a, like I said something I've never even really thought about and you know is a good idea ultimately yeah but yeah I've just got kind of that adventurous spirit just kind of want to I want to see everything like just something about my personality makes me feel like if I'm missing an experience, I'm I'm just I can't miss it. You know, I I gotta. I feel like the that's the dream for the musician. Mm -hmm. It's like to have a means to travel the world. I feel like that's partially why I want got into it. At some point, it's like I want to have an excuse to go to Europe. I want to have yeah. an excuse to go to Mexico, Canada, right. like all these sweet places. But, you know, I haven't really attained... I mean, I gotta go to Colorado, like I said. That's about as cool as it's gotten. Which <laughs> hey, is Colorado's just, pretty dope. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Colorado's uh, pretty have you ever, dope. Have you been out there? Yeah, I've got uh, an aunt and, un and an uncle that live out there. We went and visited them once, and it was really nice. Well, I, it's, it's a very, very pretty place. Yeah, I mean, it's gorgeous. It's kind of mind-altering to a point. Yeah. Because... I don't know, just pulling up to the mountains for the first time, if you've never seen them, like, in real life, is... Right. And that's why we go back, ultimately. It's a, it's a really nice place. Like, I've definitely considered spending some time out there later in, later in life. Just, it's... Being up in the mountains was kind of like a... cool thing for me, driving through. I remember distinctly I was driving through... Like the, so you got to drive in the mountains? Uh-huh. All through, like, the weaving rows and everything, and I had steel drivers playing in the background, just jamming. Yeah. Oh, man, it was a good time. It was a good time. How long ago was that? Oh, it would have been 18, so three years now. Well, that's about the time that we went, the yeah. first time. It would have been about three years ago. Right on. So let's, uh, so I gave you enough time, hopefully, to think about what your cool show experience or cool tour or cool anything okay. in that regard it can be anything obviously it doesn't have to be like you know it could be a terrible show you know it's just a yeah. funny story you know it can be anything no pressure but you know i, I like yeah. to ask well shoot there was when we played uh, the wglt concert that they do the summer concert downtown yeah yeah that was that was a cool experience so uh, let's go through it what 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 was it like who'd you play with what, what was there a bunch of other bands was it a festival the something brothers played oh yeah they're they're a bloomington local yeah that 
is semi I mean, they're kind of popular. I mean, I, yeah, I, yeah. They, they, they draw a crowd around here for sure. Local legends for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a brass band from, I think, Louisiana that played. And then Adia Victoria. Uh, we weren't aware of who she was either, but I think she's from Memphis or Nashville or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was cool. Wait, how do you... I think I've seen her name. I've just never heard somebody say it. What was it? Adia Victoria. Adia Maybe. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. She was she was good, but uh, it was just a cool experience. It's probably one of the biggest crowds we played for, like, on the big stage in downtown. And just How'd you get the show? people. Um, I can't say that if I don't remember. <laughs> I know we did an interview with John Norton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, um, I've talked with him a few times here and there. Yeah, and I think he might have mentioned something about that they were looking for somebody to play for the concert and that they might get into contact with us. Um, but I can't fully remember how exactly we got the gig, but... Was it an early slot, or...? Yeah, we opened. We opened. Uh, so there wasn't as many people as there was by the end of it, but of there was still a good amount of people, so... And I I think that that, you know, I, I may vaguely remember that, and that's kind of what, like, made a lot of people, I think, in the area more aware of you guys. Yeah, absolutely. It... Yeah, absolutely got our name out there a little bit more, because you, we definitely got a lot more shows after that. Do you do shows with multiple bands a lot? Yeah, yeah, we've played with uh, Easy Riders from Peoria a couple times. Um, Young Strangers out of Galesburg, we've played with them. Um, man, I can't think any other ones that we've played with. Do you like multi-band shows? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a community type of person, like, real social people person, so when we play with those bands, I feel... Just feels kind of cool to be like with another band and be like, yeah, we're both bands and yeah, hey, we There's know kind of a we know natural, the life, you know, yeah, natural camaraderie that right. comes along with that. Um, cool, yeah, I, I get, I, I like that as well. I like the camaraderie, but you know, it, it gets with how little you make a lot of the time right. playing becomes a little bit challenging once you add more because you're already paying, you know, your bandmates. Out of a pot of like 400, 500. Right. I mean, sometimes more, sometimes less. I'm not saying. And if you're, you know, doing your own sound, you might have to, you might get a little bit more. And if yeah. you're just kind of showing up, plug and play, that's kind of a different thing. But then you add other bands that, you know, you end up almost making nothing a lot of the time. And it is a lot of, you know, set up really fast, fast as you can, line check, does it sound okay? Yeah. Un, you know, play, play, you know, try to fit 10 songs where there should be five and then get the hell out of there. And, right. Uh, you know that 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 always is a little annoying, but it is nice to you know cross pollinate. I feel like like yeah. you know if if you're playing with some some band with that actually has a little bit of a crowd and you yeah. have a little bit of a crowd and Absolutely. you expose all your audience to them and they expose all your For audience sure. to you. So it is it is definitely beneficial. But I feel like the older I get, the less of that I end up doing. I don't know if there's a correlation there or not but yeah. i'm always open to it. it's always easier to just open for somebody acoustic you know i'm always happy to do that that's like the easy thing but full bands i mean as you're saying right now you know everybody's kind of they're, they're hard to keep t- together in the first place and yeah. also you know uh trying to organize it and 
just get everybody paid and yeah it becomes a lot of work I prefer a three piece I could, I should well and I was gonna mention this I so you play at the Cadillac Jacks uh-huh. solo acoustic so oh, cool. um I don't know if that's is that something you do a lot of or um more recently yes uh previously no the past couple of years I haven't really messed around with the acoustic uh, but that's what I started out with. Before I had a band, I was playing acoustic by myself, uh, going to open mics, um, just getting my name out that way. And I mean, for a long so time. So you're 21 now, so you're just now allowed to like really be in bars, right? So you've been how where? Because I remember when I was 18, 17, 18, you know, and, and playing. It would have been 18, 19, I guess, playing open mics, and the, you know, there's like maybe three or four in town you could do because yeah. they would let you in be, even though you were underage and then you'd have to maybe well I used to play this one where I'd have to sit up in the sound booth the whole time oh yeah and then I you know my set would go and then I'd go and play and then I have to go have to leave right after <laughs> um, that was Polly's. that was where Drifters is now okay but uh so do you did, did you said you played played a lot of open mics so where yeah. where are you doing those at um never really anywhere in Bloomington played at the VFW when they did theirs, and Emac and Bolio's when they had one. Yeah, I remember that one. Yeah. And you, that's not a bar, so obviously right. you get a pass. And there was a couple times when I would go to some other ones. I don't know if you know Craig Goodall. Yeah, the name, I think I see him on Facebook a lot. Yeah, he lives out in Kentucky now, but he went, when he was living here, he did a lot of open mics and... Uh, so I would go to his. He would do them at Cadillac Jacks and mm. the Copper Top. Yeah, and I remember I was that place. The, yeah, I probably I think I've played their full band just once. But oh yeah, yeah, it was a different different crowd for sure. Yeah. So I would go to those. I didn't really get out to any other ones because I don't. I just didn't want to mess with it. I mean, there was a lot of times where I would go in getting ex- like expecting to get kicked out, and times I did get kicked out. <laughs> right. But there was, I had enough with what I could get to. I was like, I don't know why they need to get to all those other ones. But I went to more in Peoria. There was, Peoria seemed to be more lenient with... And Peoria is just a whole different scene. I mean, the musicians over there are so, it's like we're, you know, 45 minutes apart. But it's night and day difference. I feel like they have a lot more players, you know, like real musicians over there. Over here, we have a lot more songwriters and cover bands. Over there, they have people who can just shred. Yeah. That's how I've felt, anyway. It's pretty different, the two different scenes. But I just wonder wonder where that comes from and why it's so different. I don't know. Only being 45 minutes away. I don't know. And it's like, it always felt weird being a part of the both scenes. Because we, a lot of the music scene people over there know who we are, mm-hmm. just from being at open mics and stuff, and we played a few shows out there, and, um, but we were also in the Bloomington music music scene too, and they were just, didn't have any, like, connection between the two, like, yeah. they never, like, interacted with each other. I 100% feel that. It like, was just weird. Like Nobody like we talks to each other from, because, I mean, there there are a lot of 
like upper echelon, I would say, like, you know, Chicago Farmer, Ed Anderson, mm-hmm. Dan Hubbard, those guys all play in Peoria. But, like, I always felt way more of a connection with Champagne, which is about the same distance away, and I could always get shows easier down there than See, Pe- I can't. I, I don't know why. I don't know what the difference is. Champagne, I ain't got nothing in Champagne. <laughs> I mean, we've played in Champagne a couple times and got maybe a couple contacts down there, but. Any open mic I've been to in Champagne has not been great. Mm-hmm. Well, and I, I never really did. I did open mics in Bloomington. And I would go to three or four a week for probably two or three years oh, before yeah. I really started playing. Like, and that's how I feel like you get your stage chops. Is really yeah, just those open mics for sure. You kind of just learn how to be semi more comfortable on stage and right. how, how like. The beginning parts of how to sing into a microphone and yeah. simple things like that that a lot of, a lot of people I feel like may take for granted. Like you seem like a little bit of a naturally good singer. I don't know if that's. Uh, oh, I had to work on it for sure. Okay. No, for I sure. I mean, I'm not. I, 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 I'm just. It, it sounds very natural and, and, and good. Is what ultimately what I'm saying. I'm not saying you didn't have to work for it, but you know. I don't know. I mean that just to be like I kind of sucked before <laughs> yeah and i've been there I, I i'm still there to a point you know um but uh and it i mean it does take a lot but even i always think like just singing into a microphone is like a a weird thing that you just start doing without thinking about and then the more you do it you start to realize that at least me i, I feel like i do sing differently when there's a mic in front of me when my voice yeah. is coming out of the speakers or the ground or my in-ears sometimes or you know you're using different parts of your body to project the sound ultimately and you're it's like every show i do i feel like my voice is somewhere else sometimes yeah, like sometimes yeah. it's really heady like the whole time and then if i'm singing just acoustic it's more in my throat and my chest and then like um, sometimes it, you know it's in my stomach a little bit more, and I have the oh. support. Yep, I feel that for sure. And I remember, I, I very vividly remember the first time I, I was in high school. We were, I did a talent show, you know, because okay. in high school, like that's like, I feel like one of two shows you can play throughout yeah. a, because there's nowhere else that has young, not so great band. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, but anyways, it was like a sophomore in high school, and I remember singing into a mic for the first time. No stage monitors, and I just thought it was so strange. And oh, my voice wasn't even close to where it needed to be. Yeah. But like, I could sing that song fine without being, you know, w- without the microphone. So right. the mic definitely plays with your head. And then I, I've done it for so long, and you know, you get good at it without really, really analyze. I feel like I got better at it without you know really analyzing it. Uh-huh. And then only like recently, I, I kind of get into. You know, where's my voice at tonight? Like, is to, to hit my notes right? Am I in my, like, am I nasally? Am I in, in my head? Am I, you know, in my chest? In my throat? Yeah. Am I kind of gravelly? Sometimes I tighten up a little bit, you know? And it's just, like, little things that you don't... I don't think a lot of people really think about right. so much. But it, uh, it it is a big factor. And I think, you know, if you're really good at singing, that maybe it's not so much <laughs> of a factor. But I feel like I'm always fighting it a little bit, you know? Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. I feel like singing as a band, 
Well, singing with a band is a whole different thing too, because then you're playing with a drummer, a bass yeah. player. If that something I've learned probably in the last five years was, you know, if you you have that, I like like with my bass guitars, I like like a ton of low, and like I like them to be real fat, so they you know fill out the sound. I want the Absolutely. kick drum to be the same, but if if you just throw all that low end out there, and then you try to sing over it. It's really hard to hear yourself, yeah. like unless you have the in ears. That's really the right. only way around that. And it took me years and years and years to really understand, like, why am I singing so weird on these certain <laughs> shows with the full band? It used to be so you can't easy. Hear yourself. <laughs> well, and and it's just a, those frequencies, like, and I think there is something too to the fact to a certain level of volume, like after a certain amount of loudness, it, there's nothing you can do. Like you're yeah. just shots in the dark you know i i played at the castle a couple times where it was just so loud that i feel like i could not sing on key because it was just too loud but i don't know that stuff i think about all the time but yeah i don't know if you're kind of got used to that being too loud because i mean all our shows we've had very few shows where we've been just like pampered and Oh, how much are you, your guitar do you need? Yeah, well, if that, that's kind of what, what I was talking about a little bit when I'm saying you're playing multi-show bands. That's one of the reasons that, that they can be a little extra yeah. you know, stressful because you're not getting a good sound check and you're not, yeah. your monitors aren't mixed the way you want them to be. And I almost kind of like it better that way, though. Because then you don't like overthink it, right? Yeah, I feel like it's more it natural. And I just, like, I'm just... Slapping it out sounds, there. There you go. Sounds how it sounds. Take it, take it how yeah. you want it. But this is what we're doing. That's what uh, Kyle Yap. Do you know Kyle Yap? Yeah, yeah. He's he played drums for us for a little while and a little while. And his his catchphrase was because you know we would practice, but probably not enough. And um, he would just say we play it how we play it. Like <laughs> <laughs> it was just like a running joke. We would always when we would mess up or something, yeah. with somebody would just yell that out loud. Like at the end of a song, we play it how we play it. We play it how we play it. Yeah. <laughs> Which oh, yeah. I think is is as far as like because we we do a lot of covers because uh, like we were saying earlier in Bloomington, you almost have to if you want to get like paying shows. Absolutely. And um, the original music market is not that large, here. right? And, you know, I, I do a lot of covers, but I don't know if it's so, something to do with my filter. It just doesn't really come out exactly like the actual mm-hmm. song. I mean, there's some songs I'm close on, but then there... And a lot of times, like, I don't know if it's just I'm lazy when I learn covers sometimes, but then I don't end them right, or, like, right. I don't... I don't... Right. I, I never I never stick with it long enough to get it exactly right. And part... It is. I do the same thing. Part it's, of it's laziness, but part of it's, like... You know, it makes it your own a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I think we're quite one and the same, my friend, <laughs> because that is the exact same thought processing that I have. I am a lazy ass dude, <laughs> and I will do whatever it takes. I mean, I'm just like, man, I don't know how this song ends, but this is how we've been ending it, and this is how we're gonna end it. <laughs> yeah, because or, or this is you, us. Maybe you'll find a gem on accident, which yeah. happens. It happens a lot where you're like, I didn't end it how it was supposed to end it, but I just kind of winged it from something maybe we put we were doing earlier that right. we just threw it at the end, and it was like a cool way to end it. Right, and I'm like, really. I'm like, I get the covers. And I'm I really like lazy covers. with covers. That's kind of what I would... I mean, yeah. there, there are some songs I really care about and really like take a lot of time to learn, and then there's like the 
Journey Don't Stop Believing type yeah, songs. Yeah. Not that it's a bad song. It's a great song for I'm a reason. I'm more bored just playing a cover the way that you're supposed to play it, whatever, than if I just mess around with it and play and enjoy it, make it my own, you know? Definitely, definitely. I'm like, if you wanted to listen to the song, if you, re- if you really wanted to listen to Gravity by John Mayer, just listen to Gravity. Put it on your phone and listen to it. <laughs> well, don't, don't say that too hard, because here's a problem that I run into a lot. If you sound really good, which there's been, you know, there's plenty of nights where I don't, but there are some where I feel like I'm just killing it. But you're never going to, because we were talking earlier about streaming and stuff, and, you know, you're never going to be an iPhone. You're never going to be a jukebox. You're never going to be, and now music is so accessible to everyone. I feel like sometimes when I play at bars, people don't barely even realize that it's not like a jukebox. And, you know, they aren't paying attention because they're staring at their phones anyway. Right. And it doesn't matter how impressive you are or how, like, much time you put into it to some I'm not saying everybody but some some people because you know they could literally hear any song they want at any time and you know if you're playing John Mayer Gravity maybe they wanted to hear Wagon Wheel and you know know what I mean which is just a weird you know music used to be so like sacred I feel like right some people appreciated it not that they don't know. I'm not saying that there aren't people. People appreciated it more, I feel like, because now it's so accessible that it's kind of taken it for granted. Well, and then that's kind of brings us to where we're at right now, because you can't go and see live music. So something that's right. taken so for granted is all of a sudden thrown in your face as something you're like, oh, I used to go to shows like all the time, and now I can't, like, yep. and I can't like enjoy live music. Which, you know, I'm I'm kind of saying something negative about certain people but there are a ton of people that really love going to live music yeah um because i I would say you know there's probably more of those people that would rather hear the song on the ipod than there ever was before but there's still a ton of people that are super like into going to shows right and those people are really really feeling it right now so i guess that brings us to just what's going on right now what 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 have you been doing to, to kind of stay active over this time period musically and non-musically well i mean through the beginning of it i just worked they had me working from home i work in country so uh i was just on the computer all day punching in numbers and addresses and stuff and i tried to i think a lot of people went through the same thing with this covid uh uh lockdown thing because I've heard from many other people, and it happened to me too, just became really introspective. Yeah. And like, you start to think, where am I at in my life? Well, it slows what you down. It gets right. you off your momentum. Exactly. Of just like getting through the exact thing going I like think, that day yeah. to day kind of. And I'm definitely a paycheck to paycheck kind of guy, and I'm a show to show kind of guy. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I got this show this weekend. I got once that show's over, I'm thinking about the next one. You know, uh-huh. I don't have that like lag where society not, needed that like hard hard cut, like I, hard pause. I think it was good in some ways. I don't. I mean, obviously, the the people dying See, and getting sick right, and right. Know, it was terrible and unfortunate. Right. But. Not to make any light of of that, but I think in general, and twenty twenty has been a hell of a year. Yeah, I'm. But I think all of this happened right now because it needed to happen right now. I gotcha. Like I feel like 
because so much stuff is coming to light. Definitely. And there's so many people wanting a change. Well, even just in like a political momentum, I, I don't know that we've ever like thought this hard about what is going on politically. Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think that, you know, not, not only has it given us more time to be kind of introspective and think about how certain things are done and maybe these aren't the right ways. Also, I mean, you know, it's thrown in our face 100% of the time. I mean, Absolutely. there's no getting around it. But I think before you could distract yourself with, oh, I got work all day. Yeah. I got this, I got that. And then now, you know, I mean, I still, I still work you know full-time and whatnot yeah and yeah. i play shows here and there but i do it does feel like i do have a little bit more time you do end up looking at that stuff especially when you know i feel like right now you're we're, we're learning like as a country maybe that you know what we who we vote for and what we do is really important because how yeah. how this has been handled and it's like it's maybe been, we should have been paying attention to all this <laughs> stuff for the past 60 years cuz now it's gotten to a point where it seems almost unfixable in right. some ways and i don't really i don't have any solutions i mean yeah. <laughs> all, all i have are a list of problems right. that need solving but and that's the problem is there's not enough people thinking of solutions i thought and it's too many people just spouting out all the problems it's like yeah okay we know what the problems are but let's well, fix them i think i think that there's two groups of people that both know what the problems are but those two groups of people have different lists yeah and yeah. one of them on each of the list is the opposite <laughs> group of people which yeah is is just it's so it's so divided right now it's it ridiculous crazy. i mean we it's, should have a common goal, I feel like, especially honestly, right now. We, we have a common enemy. We have the, the COVID thing. I mean, yeah. that should bring us together, but somehow that's managed to become a political thing that divides us further somehow. It's amazing because it's like, how did we get to this point that we're so divided? Like, growing up, I was like, we're Americans. Everybody's American. We're all one. We're all... And I felt that way, too. Yeah. I really did. And now more than ever I've never felt just but I I do think when you know when you're young you're not really get, you don't really care about anything political so there's a little right. bit of ignorance as far as yeah. like ch child I mean you're a child you're, you're not worrying about how the government works you don't none of that stuff is even interested to you but you know at when you're becoming an adult and then you know you all of a sudden find yourself unemployed and you're living off the the program, the, the the federal government yeah. programs and the state government programs, you know, because you literally can't work. I mean, that that's when you start maybe poking your head up and like, what is going on? Like, I thought yeah. we I thought we had this under control, but clearly yeah. we do not. It's it's insane because I mean, it really has just gotten completely out of control. Like how, like everybody if they haven't already, just really needs to sit down and be like, how did we get to the point where we're at? We, we tell our kids that they need an education to make it through life. Yet, we charge them so much money. a fortune to get that. And then, once they get out of that, they're, they're in debt and can't do anything. Yeah, I have a... There's a couple people I know that are, um, you know, pushing 60... They're still paying off student loans. Yeah, I, and I mean, what is the point in that? 
I mean, I don't what education why is that worth? It's about that. Yeah. Like yeah. how how does that not make more people angry that that's the way our society works right now? And then just a- of course asking a 18 year old like, here I'm just going to give you this money, and do you think this is a good idea to have to pay me it back? And you're not thinking. You don't. You don't even understand the concept of money when Absolutely. you're that when you're you know 16, 17, 18 years old. And then until you start living on your own, then you're like, you kind of learn the value of money a little bit more. Not that there aren't kids that age that know, but I mean, there's definitely people who are going to college and stuff like that, that have that opportunity, I feel like a lot of times don't really understand what that means. Exactly. And uh, not to backtrack on the conversation, but it's also why I kind of want to, in the future, be an advocate for kids getting out, is because... When I go back to Mexico, I'm also planning on going back to school because I can go to school in Mexico at one of, in the city that I lived in, at one of the top, like, like bougie schools, as bougie people would call them up here my, my, my old west dr- side. My old drummer just informed me to what that meant. Oh, like, really? Um, he, was, he was on the podcast not that long ago, and then he came and did a second one uh, after that, and... Uh, he, he was here one night and he kept saying bougie and I was like yeah. I don't know what that means anyway sorry to completely derail the story no there. it's okay <laughs> yeah it's a it's a bougie school like it's one of the more expensive schools but to get my four year degree there same thing because I'm looking at doing communication I could go to ISU and spend what is it 20 some grand a year plus in the school I'm looking at in Mexico, I can do the four years for around thirty-five grand total. Right, and that's just a completely different realm. I mean, that that's not even comparable, really. Yeah, I mean, you I was so much money. I was always very opposed to doing a like taking any loan. I mean, I think my my mom really instilled in me like it's not a good idea. And, yeah, uh, you know, she. Uh, she helped me with the the paperwork to get the like a couple, um, what's it called, financial aid, and then I got like uh, some sort of scholarship. Yeah. And it ended up I, I went to Heartland, and you know they would pay me every semester. So oh, now, right <laughs> so I I got my associates, but I, I don't even understand school in general. I don't really know that it does. It's never really helped me that I've said I had my associates degree. I don't mm-hmm. think. Um, I mean, it doesn't hurt, but I feel like I could have said it and not had it, and nobody would have followed up ever, and I don't know. I, I'm When I was in school, when I was, like, in high school and, and college, I just, the whole time I'm there, I'm just like, when is it over? Like, yeah. I just, I, I was so burnt out on it. I don't know if that's just me, but I... It's so much of being there for yeah. so... Like, that's your whole life when you're a kid, you know? Now, did you go to college... Directly after high school, or did yeah. you take time off? I, I went to college directly. Okay, but I mean, even high school, I felt was like it was just too much. Like the way that high school is is just like a prison in some ways, and oh, it, it's yeah. not really set up to help everybody. It's set For up sure. to kind of you know a lot of people get left behind. I feel like yeah, and I mean, I I did fine in school, but I just hated every second of it. I don't know how else to describe it. I mean, I like the social parts of it a little bit, I guess, but, you know, playing in a band in high school was fun, and yeah. I did sports and stuff, and that stuff, I thought I think, taught me a lot. I think the sports I did in high school may have taught me more than the subject matter, maybe, sometimes, mm-hmm. but, um, anyway, I don't know, I just, 
it's just you're locked in, you know. And For I've, sure. I've felt that since I was, you know, maybe 14, like in school. So going to any sort of, like, you know, they tell you that you're supposed to go to college, so I did that. And, you know, I kind of half-assed it a little bit. But I got good grades. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was 3.5 or above, I think, mostly. And not that Heartland was, <laughs> you know, too crazy hard. There were plenty of classes I did. Yeah, I, I took a lot of music theory in high school, so I took some theory classes in college. And, you know, the, the, I was since I took AP theory in high school, those were like a breeze. Oh, and nice. then, um, you know, like, I did like a pian. Some of the classes, because my degree is technically in fine arts, um, which is with I focused on music, obviously. But I mean, a lot of those were kind of blow off classes. I mean, I remember my piano class was. A, this is how much of a joke it was. It was like we had to perform. the The whole class was you just had to perform five songs. By the end, you know they could be, and it, you just picked them, and there you had the no teaching involved. I mean, oh, he nice. literally the, the guy would just sit behind the desk. And, uh, you know, you for the whole class period, you could practice. And, that, you know, and when you were ready, you'd say, hey, teach, I'm ready to perform. And he'd be like, okay, go ahead. And then you'd play the song, and you, he'd be like, is that what you want? You want me to count that one? And then you grade it, and that would be it. That was my whole class. And, wow. you know, I could just not go to that super easy. Like, I could yeah. just practice at home. What was the point of such a blow-off class? And I just... I never really understood what the point of it was. And I still, I mean, I still struggle with that, with just working. Like, Uh I feel like working is such a waste of my life. I don't know how to... Yeah, I I can feel that. I mean, that's another thing with that. I feel like just so much stuff needs to change. Like, it shouldn't be normal that people waste away their lives working for a corporation. Well, you're working all that time so you can enjoy five to ten years at the end of your life to yeah. you retire. And it's like, but what about this part? Exactly. Like, when you're healthy and, like... But, I mean, that's when you should be working. I'm not 100% against, you know, not working at all, but I feel right, like sometimes... Right. Well, and I guess this kind of brings up... I don't know if... You, are you familiar with Andrew Yang? Yeah. He, he brought up this... the. He brought it into the national conversation, the universal basic income. Okay. And, yeah. uh, you know, I, I just... Do you know what that is? I've heard of it. So that's just where the government pretty much gives everybody $1,000 or whatever the, with the whatever number they whatever choose. Whatever it would take to survive. Every month. And, you know, all your basic needs are met yeah. as a person. And with, you know, automation coming, you know, not so far off that... Um, you know, it's going to be a necessity at some point. Mm-hmm. And, like, right now, you know, when he ran for president, you know, uh, I think he's already dropped out of the election and all that stuff. But when he's running for president, you know, every, everybody thought that idea was kind of laughable. Like, no, no, but, well, A, it's not going to happen because we wouldn't want it to happen, but also we wouldn't need it. And also the automation, what do you, like, they, they seem confused by it completely. Yeah, yeah. Now in the midst of this pandemic, people are like, you know, there's a large population of people, me included, that like I am struggling. Obviously, I mean, I, I'm I'm a musician in the pandemic, so I have no shows, which right. was a big money maker for me. And uh, I mean, I have some, but not very many. And you know, I'm working full time, and 
you know, I, I don't know, there's some other surrounding factors. And, you know, if I had all my basic needs met, I feel like the stress level, just the overall stress level of the whole country, you know, the country's on fire right now in all, so many different ways, so many different directions. Yeah. Just that, like, just $1,000, which seems like maybe to some people a lot and to other people, you know, I've heard talk about they don't they don't think it's like enough at all um yeah. depends on who you talk to you know really people in that upper upper class that you know they, they couldn't imagine surviving on that amount of money so what's the point but for somebody like me like that would be night my life would be night and day difference right and i mean that's the things that's like the conversations that we need to start having in the country is like rethinking how we do life i mean just how how we run the country because I mean, we have we carry that mentality of you got to work to eat. We carry that mentality from Jamestown all the way back in whenever that was, sixteen hundreds, whatever. But that's when there was nothing, mm-hmm. and they needed people to work to build the country up, to build the colonies. Like there was, if people didn't work, then they weren't going to prosper. Nothing was going to happen within the land. The country's built. I mean, there's. We're not trying to develop the country anymore. The country's here. If anything, so you why? could say it's overdeveloped. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, I understand why we got to make people feel like to get your basic needs, you need to work your ass off. Work your whole life and yeah. try to accumulate wealth, and that's your only. Yeah. Way. It that's gives your people only... no time to think about something they can do for their lives to make them feel fulfilled. Yeah, and I, I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Like the, the, I, I don't know that I know anybody that feels fulfilled. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know what I it's mean? really sad. There's, there's I mean, probably are some people, but right. I think there's more people that just are just you know zombies. It's a common through. theme for people to be upset with their lives. And be full of anxiety. Yeah, and be, uh, yeah, excellent. You yeah. know, just just rough all all over. Absolutely. And uh, you know, I I just I don't know what the answer is, but I think that that would help. I think that um, just at least something. I don't know. I I I'm so stressed about. I, I was listening to a different podcast, and the the host she was saying that uh, people are thirteen per thirteen points IQ points smarter when they aren't worried about money. So mm-hmm. if the, um, you know, if the overall population wasn't as worried about money, our our, our national IQ would be higher, mm-hmm. and our our, um, you know, our just overall mentality would be a lot less Absolutely. anxious. But then, you know, you'll get the other people that are like, "Well, where's that money coming from?" But I have a feeling there's some fat we could cut in other places that maybe we don't need to be. <laughs> And I don't know. I th- I, I it's feel like we're destroying the planet right now. I saw this on Facebook today. We're destroying the planet, but we're spending like billions of dollars to go and try to explore another planet, and we can put that money back into fixing our own. Well, that, I mean, yeah. I don't even know if it's reversible at this point what we've done. <laughs> I mean, well, I hope I mean, so. There's definitely things we could cut or put in development. I mean, if we could. It's not like we don't have the technological capabilities and the money to develop things to replace uh, machinery or whatever that is putting off dangerous emissions into the air or anything that's just polluting society. I think that's what I think that's what we're ultimately moving towards. But it's a weird roundabout way of getting there. 
Yeah, because that's not where money is. You know, people yeah. don't make money that way right now, and they don't see it as profitable as like changing everything. So you know, because there's no way to make that financially viable. I feel yeah. like if there was a way that you know, switching everything from like fossil fuels to it's all where the you know, because we're, we're the the way our country runs is all just on money. So wherever. You know, we can find if we could just mine some sort of value out of some of this stuff. Yeah. But again, I think I think, you know, we probably don't need so much money focused on like weapons and. Right. So not that we don't need any. I mean, of course we need some, but We've got at quite a certain a point, I think there's an overkill point where you could probably stop making them at least for a little while, or somehow make the ones that. You know, our old. I don't know if, why we need to keep building our. Or just do better with international relations, so we don't feel the need to keep making more weapons. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. Yeah, it's hard to say that with you know what's going with our current uh, president. I yeah, think. absolutely. Uh, I mean, he just. I feel like he incites rage and like just to some to some people. Obviously, there's a certain population of people that he's very comforting to and I I don't I don't really understand that per se but um, I can understand it and now because I used to be in it now being out of it I'm like why is anybody still in it like how do you not see that this is kind of really jacked up well I just there's so much drama and like uh, just it's, it's, it's like um what am I trying to say? Like a, it's everything's a big deal and everything's dramatic and yeah. everything's, you know, just causing people to look at it is all it's trying to do. It's not really trying to be good or bad or anything. It's just trying to cause attention to be drawn to it instead of just like, because the whole point is, you know, for our current president to get reelected and to yeah. have that happen, he has to get talked about a lot and has mm-hmm. to you know, make a certain number of people really like him and a certain number of people probably conversely not like him. Um, but anyway, it, it's it's all a show, I think, ultimately. And it doesn't... There aren't results that come from that, if that yeah. makes sense. Anyway, I don't know. I'm kind of ranting about something I don't even know. <laughs> it's, it's rough. I, it's And it's deep, I mean. I don't see any easy solution to it I think whatever the solution's gonna be it's gonna be well it's not gonna be for another four years probably which is crazy to think about either side I mean obviously I prefer one side to the other but you know I even if Joe Biden gets elected I mean he's not he's not what I want no, I don't think he's what anybody wants. It's except for the delusional people that think he's a great candidate. Like anybody who still gets in, like supports either side, is just feeding into the machine. Like they got you. You fell for it. Like yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. I I just. I don't see how this is what we came up with, and I don't really understand that no matter which side yeah. it goes, you know, I still feel like it's four more years of just kind of the same nonsense. Yeah. I mean, maybe one side a little bit less nonsense, but nonsense nonetheless. Like, nobody stands out as, like, somebody who's going to tr- 
really try to fix things. Right, no, and I, absolutely, and that's the problem. We have the energy for a movement for change, but there's nobody leading. There's no leadership. There's no organization. I posted this on Facebook a few days ago that a quote from Malcolm X: "We're not outnumbered. We're out organized." And I believe that wholeheartedly. I mean, there's no with the civil rights movement of the '60s. It was Martin Luther King. He was he was the leader. And everybody had something to look for. And Malcolm X for for other parts mm -hmm. as well. But right now, who do we got? We've got this entity, this like overlaying entity, so-called BLM, that nobody has a full grasp on what it is. Yeah, if I'm being honest, I don't really know 100%. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a movement. I mean, there are people that understand what it is, but the majority of people just don't, especially conservatives. Conservatives think that BLM is this big national organization that is controlling every sort of thing that has to I've do I've just heard with every variation of what it is, so I, it's hard to place what it yeah. actually is. And I think that that's across the board. Like, And I mean, it's not easy. It's complicated. I'm just sure. saying, in general, what anything is, is mm -hmm. hard to really, really boil down because there, there's no way to distill it. There, There's just too much of two opposite ends talking, just saying things... Yeah that contradict each other and knowing what's real and what's not real and you know there's no way to do all the research on every single thing so it, it's really hard at a certain point like you're just exhausted from it yeah it's hard to put it all together you know i i mean there's a lot of things that i think i know what it is but mm. i probably am wrong you know i probably don't know i'm probably just reading some article that agrees with me confirmation bias and you know, maybe, maybe I I, th I question it a lot. I think that's what you have to do. That's what you should do. Anytime I read something that a hundred percent agrees with everything that I think, I'm a little weary to like believe it because nothing's gonna believe. I mean, there might be a few things, but mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just a weird time to be alive. It really is. And I mean, the question is, where do we go from here? I don't know. It's it's a, it's a tough question. Cause well, you, you go gotta, to Mexico. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting out. I mean, I don't see it going anywhere good anytime soon, so I'm let everybody here figure that out. In the time being, I'm going to get myself together so that in the future I may be better equipped. But um, for the time being, it's just chaos because nobody knows what to do. And... And like it's you, the problem. The biggest enemy we have right now is the media. I agree. It's the biggest enemy we have right now because all it does is feed both sides propaganda. And it's, but everybody has, oh, no, it's not propaganda because blah, blah, blah. Well, no, it's propaganda. It's just different from propaganda as you think it is because it's not all controlled by one side. It's just meant to incite attention. Right. That's it. You've they got just the want conservative your propaganda and you've got the liberal propaganda. Uh -huh, it's yeah. both the same. Both of them are filled with a bunch of BS and both of them have no sort of interest for the individual American. All they or have for finding for the solution to no, anything. All they have an interest for is getting their party control. And what really it is, is this race between two parties to have full control of the nation. If they could have it their way, they wouldn't have the other the, the other party there. Like people who are diehard Republicans or people who are diehard Democrats, they would get rid of all the other completely the other side mm -hmm. and have a full Republican sort of dictatorship all throughout the country. 
and completely ask, ask for it. Or Democrat. It can go either way. I'm not trying to pick on either side. I'm picking on both of them simultaneously because I feel like everybody just needs to pull out of it. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm there. I don't know what to do. I, I, I almost feel like not voting, but I can't not vote. Yeah, and I mean, I'm I'm gonna vote, but I I'm not I mean, gonna feel good about it either yeah. way. That I mean, obviously, I'm gonna vote for probably Joe Biden. I guess because right. I have to. But I don't know that I might vote third party. Who's third party that you like then? I'm still and looking into that because you, it's not like there's a whole lot of good options there either. I mean, I wish Andrew Yang would have made there. There, I would have Mark Hubbard, maybe his name. I don't. I don't know. But he's a Native American guy from... The name sounds familiar. Somewhere out west. But he, he was saying a lot of good stuff, and I really liked him. So I might write him in if he's not on the ballot. But I, I understand what people are saying. They're like, you need to vote Biden to get Trump out. But I'm not just going to lie down and play into the system like everybody else. Like, I don't care if you, you need to vote Biden to get Trump even if Biden gets in, what is he going to do? I don't know. He's not going to do anything. That's what I mean. No matter what you do this time, you can't feel good about it. Even if you write in a third party, I know morally you might feel good about it, but you you might be preventing you know, the lesser of two right. evils. You might be reinforcing the worst case scenario. What's more important is voting in your local elections. I agree. Definitely agree. Vote for your local politicians because that's where it counts. Those are the ones who are making the laws that affect you. Well, and I mean, I think that's definitely true. But I think the federal government, especially right now, is a, the laws they're making are affecting us directly, like with the stimulus stuff. Sure, the, sure. All that stuff going on is just crazy to me. I mean, there are people who are having a really tough time, and I mean, yeah. I'm not. Like the, in the worst case scenario, by any means. I mean, there's, pl- but you know, a little a little action would be nice. A little something like, yeah. Well, besides leadership, but I mean, For I sure. mean, to eat, I, I wish somebody would just hold me and tell me it would be okay. I guess, but also, you know, let's let's get some. Because, like I said earlier, the country's on fire for uh, so many Absolutely. different reasons. Don't you think that getting some some of these bills passed, like in a, a quickly kind of organized way, would be the best for our country? But yep. why are we prolonging it? Are we waiting for the election? Is that what what the what they're doing? Or they just can't agree on? Some, but their non-agreeance is hurt, like hurting people, and they don't even understand. They don't even have any idea. Because they get paid a lot of money to yeah. do what they're doing. So I just, I just, any sort of action would be nice. And I mean, it's amazing how efficiently and successfully they got us all to turn against each other. Because they even got the people that they've got under turned against people that are under. Like, you've got poor people fighting against poor people. Yeah, and that's... I think the goal, to a certain extent, maybe not as like a masterful plan or like a. I don't think there's like eight cabal people that are controlling yeah, the world or anything. Yeah. But I do think that you know that that makes it easier to you know reinforce their lifestyle and yeah. people of power's lifestyle. I think we're fighting with each other and not trying to get things done. Yeah, and I mean, not to make it, like, to say cabal or, like, a, a fantasized type thing or anything, but I think they're very well aware of what's happening, and they're very much using it to their advantage. I mean, don't want to make it sound like anything, like, 
all like big conspiracy theory. It's just it's just nature. It's just what humans have done all throughout history. Like if there's somebody in power with as much power as our politicians do with the money that they have, and don't get me started on just the business people like Jeff Bezos and and uh, Mark Zuckerberg and people like that. But people with that kind of money and power take advantage of it. No matter who, it doesn't matter who you are and what time period, it's shown true throughout history. Well, and I think it kind of all goes back to, you know, it's a numbers game. They're not thinking of people. They're thinking of how can I make the most money the easiest way. Yeah. And they don't really care how that affects anybody. And yep. I, I think that that has, you know, I mean, at least something to do with it. Yeah, we've got individuals with so much money that they could easily fix so many problems throughout With the half, world. With half, or less than half of oh, yeah. their, 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 oh, yeah. their fortune, yes. But they just hold on to it. For the, and, I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, I understand that there's many of them that, that donate to charities and things like that. And probably feel like they earned it, and that's the yeah, big thing. Like, yeah. They worked and that's hard. fine, but... I'm starting to just get to the ideology that we need to divorce ourselves from that. Like, you earn that much money. Well, you don't need to have that much money. Nobody does. There's people, like, other human beings. Like, just because you earn that much money doesn't make you better than somebody that's dying on the street because they have nothing. You know? Like, you've got so much. Can't you just share like i think part of it too and this is just me playing devil's advocate pretty much nothing else but part of it too is there's so many problems and like where do you even focus your money i mean it'd be hard if you had a lot of money to think like what could i really what would i do that would be like and again just playing devil's advocate um where do I put this money to really have the maximum benefit? Mm. I think that that would be a tough question. Yeah. Like, what could they do? I mean, I don't think they should have it. I, I mean, I, as much as they do, I, you know, that's too much money yeah. for... And it's such a touchy subject because... But why? Why? It's, it's like... It shouldn't be a touchy <laughs> subject. That's what... Yeah, you're right. <laughs> it's become this thing in America that you can't talk about money or other people's money and what they should or shouldn't do with it yeah i get i don't know i just uh i don't understand the like people much pretty much poor people really caring about what really rich people do with their i mean they don't they're like actively saying we should like what you're saying they're like fighting for like you shouldn't quite you they made that money that's their money um but why are they fighting for that? They should be fighting for some sort of district. I mean, I don't know. But right. in that ideology, I feel like it's all about, you know, you got to work hard, pull yourself it's because, over your bootstraps. Exactly. It's because that American dream mentality, those people that are saying that think it, they have a shot to do that right. too. Uh, definitely. And that's, a, that's you know, and it's in, improbable. In reality, you don't. And you're that's, more likely to understand a, how much money that is. You're more likely going to be on the other end of that, where you're like, just, you know, just getting by. You know, right? <laughs> they look at these billionaires and they think, oh, well, that could be me. Like, no, that's a long shot because that's a lot of money. You, you have more more of a chance of probably being a successful musician. Exactly. Than you do being a billionaire, right? Exactly. So, and that's a long shot. You know, that's that's like unlikely for Seriously. most people. 
Like if you think People of gotta get a grip. Like if you think of like how rare it is. I was listening to a different podcast not that long ago, and somebody said it's something like ninety nine percent of people in the actors guild like in Hollywood and stuff they don't earn all their income like they aren't just actors they mm. have to have other jobs so that's such a small person like you have to think okay out of the whole population that's a specific already that's just in the actors guild so you know it's even a huger even even bigger you know small fraction yeah or I guess even smaller of a fra- fraction of the people like the chance of you becoming like a famous actor or something and supporting your just supporting yourself not being famous i guess but just yeah, supporting yeah. yourself just from acting you know that's such a just a tiny slip and if you talk to most people and you were like i want to become an actor they'd kind of just like when we say you know i want to be a musician yeah. same thing kind of scoff at you and be like okay like <laughs> good luck B. good luck with that you know yeah. but what's your plan B? Se- secretly in the back of their mind some some of them not all of them but probably are thinking someday i might be the billionaire yeah <laughs> that's yeah, way yeah, less yeah. likely way less likely yeah. they're fighting for that position and it doesn't make any sense at all but anyway it's it's just not it's not gonna work, you know. I did a, I did kind of a my own little numbers experiment um, regarding billionaires, and if we were to tax uh, the one percent, like the however many people, not like ten people, whatever, that have just ridiculous amounts of money, like billions and billions of dollars, taxing the one percent. And at, to an extreme, I did it to an extreme, just for, as an example. At, I think I put it at ni- 99%. And I took Mike Bloomberg, for example. And he had a net worth of 63-something billion dollars. So if you were to... Just going off of his net worth, tax his net worth at 99%. It would leave him with, like, I think it was like one or two billion dollars. Oh no! Yeah, poor, poor guy. And then that's a lot of money. You're taking, you're taking a solid like sixty some billion dollars from from somebody, but he's still got one to two billion dollars. Like that's a lot. He don't have to do nothing for the rest of his life, mm-hmm. and his kids and their kids don't have to do nothing for the rest of their lives with that much money. But with the money that would have been taken from him, I did math through that as well. And I took ISU, for example, and the tuition that they have at ISU. And you could put a full graduating class of students through ISU for 10 years just off of that one One man. Yeah, one on that one for ten years. But again, that is extreme. Obviously, you'd be taxing a lot of a lot more people at a lot smaller percent. Right, but. You know, it's definitely, but then you know, in their in their eyes, you're ta- you're stealing from them, right? Exactly. From them, exactly. And uh, they earn that money. And, and it's unfortunate that that people think that like, and well, they earn that money. A lot of it isn't really earning the money; it's just kind of building off of itself. Yeah, now. money makes money. That's yeah. definitely a, a, a thing, I think. But it's uh, like we got to re. I don't really know because I don't is. have any money. But I had, right, I, I've right, heard, right. I've heard that money. If you have a billion dollars, it's probably easier to. That second billion probably is probably easier. easier to make. I, yeah. I just have a feeling. Like I saw some online that Jeff Bezos made five billion dollars in like the past week. Or something. <laughs> yeah, he's that guy's crazy. 
But uh, so, um, I, I I've noticed you do a lot of uh, um, like organizing of events for. Yep, yep. Is it is it the BLM or Black Lives Matter? Uh, and stuff I'm like not that? a part of the BLM chapter here in town. Um, but you're just actively protesting. But I'm a part of the movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. So people gotta understand that Black Lives Matter. There's a, quite a few different meanings. If you're, saying I, I'm, I'm need, I need some schooling on this. Yeah, so I'm, yeah. I'm glad to hear it. Go it's, ahead, please. It's really, it's really not too difficult to understand. So pretty much, uh, back around 2015, I think it was when Trayvon Martin was killed. This hashtag started going around saying black lives matter because people were like it's almost like black black lives don't matter and so people started saying hey you know what yeah black lives actually do matter so we're going to start making a hashtag out of that and people started saying black lives matter black lives matter black lives matter and of course once you say that you have to have the opposition right right it turned and i mean at the beginning it was fine it turned into a it turned into a movement and everybody started being camaraderie behind that and then organizations started calling themselves Black Lives Matter organization. Like the national, there's a national Black Lives Matter organization, and everybody tries to think that the national Black Lives Matter organization represents everything Black Lives Matter, and it's simply false. Like they do their own thing, and that is them. But Black Lives Matter, the movement, is made up of all of us. Like. I don't, I'm nothing with Black Lives Matter organization that created itself after the Black Lives, Black Lives Matter movement started. Like, they're their own thing. Don't associate me with them. They stole the name. Yeah. And so, that, I could see how that would be. I mean, to me, it was a little, I didn't know that there was such a distinction, I guess. I right. Mean, I don't know if that's just because I'm not paying attention enough. Or, right. And I mean, it goes back to the media. They're just trying to portray it as that, you know? Well, I t- honestly, the, the, the more the media, the crazier the media gets, the less I want to look at it. Yep. So I feel like I'm falling behind in a lot of ways, and I don't feel like I'm necessarily doing all the things I should be. Like, I, f- I don't know. I feel like I should be out there and protesting. But I also, you know, I feel like, A, I don't feel like I'm the right person to really say, have a... You know, I like I I don't know anything, and you know, straight white male guy like that's not the guy that needs to be. I need to kind of not say things, right? But I feel like I should let you talk for sure, and maybe in in a, on this podcast, for instance, you know, I I feel like you're the things you're saying are much more valuable than probably what I'm inputting. But then also, there's the the feeling of like I'm just trying to, you know, not. You know, I'm living day to day, just just like everybody else. So, the, yeah. the idea of like, you know, and I don't know. I'm like those rich people. I don't know where to put my focus. I guess I, I yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I want to do more. I do, but I don't know what what is the right thing. And I I feel bad for not, and I feel bad for not knowing what the right thing is. No, no, it's definitely because there's a lot of people in your shoes that just don't know what it is that. You should do. I want to help. I want to right. be a part of something. That exactly. I, I don't want to be complacent. And people in your situation, you've got it rough right now. I feel bad for straight white dudes because everybody's out to get the straight white dudes right now. <laughs> and to an extent, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I There's nothing 
really overwhelming about my, you know, situation. Like, when I think about, you know, just, I don't know. I, I, had, I had a good friend of mine, Kendrick Coates, and he was um, on a podcast recently. He was talking about how his, his dad got pull, pulled over by a bunch of cops and, you know, guns drawn. And then you come to find out later that... You know, it wasn't even the right color car, you know, yeah. like just like these crazy stories. Nothing that terrible has ever happened to me. You know, I'm I'm not, you know, I, I I'm am privileged in a lot of ways what I'm getting at. Though, I, you know, I have nothing to base to compare that to. So, you know, I still feel like I'm struggling. I still feel like I'm like I have it tough, even though, you know, like in my head, like intellectually, I know I don't. But I still feel like it's hard for me. Yeah. Um, so it's like a weird. It's just a weird spot to be in. I don't. I know that I don't have it as bad as a lot of people. Like I know I don't. And again, I just. I want to do more, but I don't really know the right way to approach it. I guess. Right. 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 I mean, shoot. I totally get what you mean by saying like you don't feel like you should have a voice in it, or feel like you should give that opportunity to somebody else. Um. And to an extent, I agree with that, um, because it is the people who are being hurt that need to be heard. But at the same time, we also need people in support as well. And well, I mean, I, I am in support. Right, right, I mean, right, 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 right. Mentally, right. I just don't know what action should I take. What what should yeah. I do? What should I be focused on? What should I mean? I, I don't know what the right answer is to this. And I mean, I can't say I really got the right answer either. I mean, just the kind of cookie cutter is vote and keep up with what the policies are that people are wanting and keep up for what what Congress is voting on and things like that. I mean, because I, I feel like for a long time people didn't pay attention to what... 100%. Dis decisions that Congress was making or the courts or anything. And now that it's affecting everybody kind of more directly, I feel like it, there is a lot more attention there. But still, there's so much noise. That's that's right. kind of some, something I brought up a few times throughout this conversation is like there's so much noise and so much heartache and so much anxiety that it's like it's easier to just like do the wrong thing, which is put your head yeah. down and like just... I don't want to think about all that negative stuff, and like I'm just trying to get through it myself. So I guess I don't know. I, I and I, I don't know. I don't know if I should even ask you. Really, I, I feel weird even asking. What yeah. is the right thing? You know what I mean? I mean, don't feel weird at all. I mean, I've gotten that question a lot. Um, but I mean, I'm putting that question on you is what I feel like when I ask it. You know what I mean? I don't. I don't feel that way. I've. Because I understand it. Because is it your responsibility to coach me up? Is I guess what what I like how how it feels from my end. Right, like, right. I'm like putting it on you to come up with an answer for me, and that's not your responsibility. I, I should you. be doing that, but it's just so overwhelming. And yeah. the the feeling, the feel, the 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 pit you get when you see these things happen in your stomach, you know that that hurts your soul. Yeah, and it's just there and. I, I, I did. You feel powerless in a yeah, way. Yeah, hundred percent. That's exactly how I feel. It it was rough, especially with the most recent one that just happened with Jacob Blake in Kenosha. And I've I've only seen a few things from it, and I'm like, I haven't watched a video or anything mm -hmm. because I know it's gonna take a toll when I do. I don't know. Is there a video? There is a video probably yeah. of it. Yeah, I I saw it. 
the day after it happened, uh, I was still in Mexico, and just kind of, I, I kind of took that took that time to step away, because I mean, this is really heavy. I mean, especially it affects it affects you mentally, it affects you physically. I, I mean, I've just been emotionally exhausted. And because I feel that way, I can't even imagine how it would be to, you know, actually be a person of, like, a different yeah. race in this country. And that's, and that's the thing. People don't, think, people don't think about that either. That, like, the way that Americans... I posted this on Facebook as well, just today. Like, Americans have lost what it means to be American. And what I mean by that, I always was under the impression that to be American was to take care of your fellow man. Like, no matter who no matter who they are, if somebody's in need of help, you help them. But has that really been our motto? If you but, look at how yeah, this country, like, exactly. <laughs> came more up, more, you know, it was it's an ideology, it's like an ideology, but it's right. not, like, in practice. I feel like it's what they wanted us to believe. Agreed. I feel like that's what they wanted us to believe and we're now seeing. That's what everyone wants to get older, sees all the BS. Well, just atrocity after atrocity, really. Yeah. I mean, that's what America's built on. I mean, I, yeah, I, I love this country for a lot of reasons. Yeah, it's my home. I, 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 I think I'm that there's great things that are results of this country and I, you know, I'm proud to, you know, live here. And Absolutely. But... There's a lot wrong. There's a lot of there's a lot of baggage that comes along with all that. Yep. There's a lot that needs to be fixed, and it's almost they've turned being American almost into like a religion, to where if you question it, people are like whoa, 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 like yeah. you can't do that. You're either proud to be an American or you're you're a traitor. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and I feel that. And like, it's just like it's literally just part of the like a part of the reason this country is supposed to be great is because it allows its people to critique it. Exactly. And you know, n- even though we aren't punished by the government if we do criticize certain things, you know, they've turned they made it so people people are the judge and jury on it. Right. You. Right. And it's just a weird Weird place to be. I know I've said that too many times, but I... I mean, it rings true. It's a very odd place to be right now. And I, I tried to explain this to my friends in Mexico when I was down there. I was like, the United States is a very different place right now. Like, it's just, I don't feel comfortable. It's just very odd, you know, like... And that's something that I thought was just over with, you know what I mean? Like... I, I just thought it was done. Like, yeah. I, I thought that was, the, you know, I would read a lot of books and stuff when I was in high school about the civil rights movement and stuff, yeah. and I was like, that's history, that happened, and we're good now. And then you find out, as you get a little bit older, that, you know, it's changed, but it's, it's not changed, It's but... not where, it, you know, where I thought it was at exactly. all. Exactly, exactly. They, they tried to tell us that the last racist that, ever, that there ever was was the guy that killed Martin Luther King. But we found out that wasn't true. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but anyway, so I, I know that asking you what what I should be doing besides just voting um, for stuff I, is is maybe a lot or too much. Yeah. And, you know, That's the thing. I don't know what's going to happen because there's really no answer. There's no answer. Oh, well, you can do this, and this is going to help us because everything's so messed up right now. Like... I don't see any good way. We're just getting more and more and more divided. 
And it's like, I hate to say it, and I don't want to like jinx anything, but I feel like there's that it's going to end in some sort of armed action. Well, I mean, that's what the the saying is: all empires fall, right? I mean, yeah. we were. I feel like we're living in the fall of Rome. It's, it's <laughs> and I've had that thought like a hundred times during this whole whole uh, pandemic and then all the, the the race stuff that's been happening and everybody being so divided and having a a leader that doesn't seem afraid to you know to to does, he seems afraid to be diplomatic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. he doesn't want to just be like well, let's just, you know, talk through this a little bit. He's just like, let's just say a bunch of crazy things and roll yeah, the let's dice. Let's get people we're, fired up. And we're America, so it doesn't matter what. I mean, <laughs> let's just get people fired up and say the most stupid shit we can say <laughs> and then put America behind it. Yeah, just put our stamp on it. And bam, America's great again. <laughs> and, yeah, this whole uh, America great again. I, I don't know what time. When it was it great? <laughs> Tell me, please. I mean, there I would say it's always been great in some ways. In some ways, absolutely. Like, if you look at, like, our art and our culture in a lot of ways, I think there's some amazing things that have happened from that, that part of it. Obviously, you know, I really like, I'm not really into music, obviously, so I, I, I think that a lot of amazing music and a lot of amazing uh, movies and yeah. TV show, you know, art, a lot of amazing art in general has come out of this this experiment but there's also been a lot of just crazy, not so good, good stuff. So I don't think, I mean, I think America, like I said, is great in a lot of ways. But Absolutely. to say, make America great again, like I don't, so I don't know which what time period are you wanting to go back to? Because many of those weren't that great for people like me. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So I, I don't know what that. Yeah, I don't know. And it seems like that's almost what they're they're almost like mocking that to a point, like. Yeah. Like, they, they thought it was great in a time where it wouldn't have been great for you. Yeah, yeah. And that seems like a kind of messed up idea. Yeah. But, anyway, let's roll it back around to something a little bit more positive. There we go. I know, I know. I, I tend to, on these things, get into this discussion a lot, and it's because I think about it a lot, and it oh. weighs on me a lot. And I, you say that I feel again. helpless, and this is my only outlet for it, honestly. I mean, yeah. I can try to write a song about it and articulate it, but that doesn't really you know i don't i don't know if that does everything i'm talking about it yeah and it does feel better just to get some of it off my chest even though i know not many people are really gonna listen to this it just (laughs) just feels good to you know kind of get get, it out yeah um and i i I would hope that you know it, it would be relieving for other people if they do listen to know that maybe somebody else feels the same way that they do. I mean, I guess that's kind of the point. We're in a time when we just need people to get together and realize we all have differences and we're not all going to agree on everything, but we can all see that there's things are going downhill. And if we don't all just sit down and be like, okay, we're all living on the same planet, and we got to do it together. So why don't we just try and fix it? Like we should. I feel like we should be Team Planet, but we're not even Team America. You know, yeah, that's yeah. so crazy. We're Team Me and My House. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, all right, so let's shift it back to some, some music. So I was going to ask you. Yeah. So like, who are your influences? Oh man, currently or uh, both. I, I like to hear both. 
I'm always looking for something new to check out, but I like to hear kind of where your music kind of comes from, too. Okay. Well, growing up, I listened to a lot of early 2000s pop because all my cousins and my sister, they were around your age. I was a baby. So they all listened to the early 2000s. Some example. You got any examples for me? Oh. Just like pop radio stuff. What would have like been rock Matchbox? Or like, uh, yeah, okay, Matchbox 20. Matchbox 20. Yeah, um, uh, of course, I'm going to blank on everything right now. Yeah, I put you on the I spot, saw. So. I saw... When you see my face, once we give you hell. <laughs> oh, All American that? Rejects. All American Rejects. I saw them at the... <laughs> that was really the, popular when I was in high school. Yeah, sure. Wesleyan. Uh, Wesleyan, when they did that last year, I think. Um, but stuff like that. I listened to a lot of stuff like that. Um, my dad got me into things like Ray Charles and oh, Marvin Gaye. Ray Charles is like... I put on like just his, his station somewhere. Yeah. And you just don't realize... There's just, A, I just think there's something very awesome, some quality to his voice that, like, I've just never heard anywhere else. Absolutely. You know? I don't know what it is. There's, like, a warmth. Something it's about like it. It's, like, kind of a baritone kind of voice, but it's just solid. Like, there's just something soothing. There's something about that. And maybe there's a little nostalgic there, because he's been in a lot of classic, like, movies, maybe. Right, I don't right. know if that, that has something to do with it. But, I mean, even songs that I'd never heard before... I'm just like, man, that's a good song. Absolutely. <laughs> and he's just such a, you know, such a talent. I'm a big Ray Charles Legend. Guy. Yeah, a legend. But that's, my dad kind of got me into stuff like that. Got me into um, a lot of smooth jazz. He was big, he's a big smooth jazz you guy. you play any jazz? I played in the jazz band at Wesleyan for a stint while I was out there. Um, played guitar? wasn't or? any good. Guitar, yeah. Was not any good. Was not used to that environment. Probably opened some doors for you, some pathways that you're yeah, used I, to using. I learned a lot of new chords that I put into use a lot now, which I'm very happy about. Um, but smooth jazz, I'm a, I'm a big fan of smooth jazz. Like, I, an ideal morning for me would be wake up and it's just kind of like, kind of a little rainy, a little thunderstormy. Wake up, get my coffee, sit down, turn on some smooth jazz, and just chill for a little bit. That's like an ideal. Get your mind in the right place, kind of? Yeah, yeah. Uh, My mom got me into things like... My mom got me into a lot of country stuff, because my grandfather played music, and he was in a lot of bands. He was actually in a band with um, Keith Sweet, I think his name is. He plays in... uh, Little Big Town, mm. blonde guy. I've heard, I've heard of Little Big Town at least. Yeah, he was in a band with him. Is that what got you started with the music, or um, playing guitar? When I started you? playing guitar after my grandfather died because my mom wanted me to do it in honor of him, and I was like, okay. So I did, and kind of liked it, and I was like, all right, I guess I'll kind of stick with it, and just kind of played around with it for a while. I was a big basketball kid, so basketball mm. was my main focus. Um, but I always just messed around with the guitar. I was in the church heavily, and 
they knew that I played the guitar, so they were like, hey, you help out with the worship team. I so. had almost the exact same experience with, I played in the youth band when in middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it helps yeah, a lot. It showed me how to play in a band. Like, yeah. I, I, I mean, it, it, with minimal, like, hey, here's four chords, but play along with the drummer and the bass player and the, the singer. Yeah. And, like, how that, that environment works. Absolutely. If it weren't for the church, I would not be nearly as good as I am today. Mm-hmm. The, that helped a lot. Getting up on stage and... Like, I have little to no stage fright now. Just because I was so used to getting up as a kid in front of all my peers and other mm-hmm. kids in the youth group. And girls that I had a crush on. <laughs> I had to get... I got, I got all that out, like... I got all that nervousness out young. So now when I'm older... I mean, I still get nervous for, like... Yeah. certain things like if there's a big event it never a hundred percent goes away but i always I, I was a wrestler for a long time and oh, yeah. i always say that i think wrestling cures stage fright because getting beat up in a singlet in front of a, <laughs> a stadium full of people um never thought about it that way yeah so if you've done that you know playing and singing weirdly one night isn't really gonna yeah. crush your soul you know or like somebody being like uh, I don't really like what you do. Right. It's not. It's just gonna roll off you a little bit easier, maybe than some, because, um, you know, like I said, getting beat up almost naked in front of a yeah. large stadium of people. Well, I, I wrestled. <laughs> I, I made you. it to state in in my my eighth grade year. Oh yeah. And I not only was I wearing a a singlet, but I also had really long hair that I wouldn't cut. So nice. I um. They made me wear a hairnet. Oh, sweet. While, so while... Because, I mean, I, I won one match, I think, and then got beat twice. So I got beat twice in front of in a huge arena sweet. with a hairnet and a singlet. I think once that happens to you, you your stage fright is minimal. Yeah, After there's that, not too much... <laughs> there's no more do. dignity that can be taken from right, you, I think, right. at that point. You're at kind of base level there. <laughs> but, um, so what do you listen to now? I listen to a lot of just jumbled ev- anything. Give you me know, five bands. That's what I want. I want. So I'm big. Do. I listen to a lot, I listen to a lot of Spanish music. Most of the music I listen to is in Spanish. Um, Are you? Can you speak Spanish? Yeah, really I'm well? bilingual. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of like R&B, funk, fusion out of Argentina. Which is popping right now for some reason, and like band called 1915, they are so good. Like they're like a R&B funk um, Rage Against the Machine. Hmm. Very political. Awesome. Very. Their songs lyrically great. Like. I mean, if you can understand Spanish. <laughs> yeah, what I was going to say is I think people have a hard enough time understanding uh, the lyrics and just songs in their own language. Right, so right, to, right. <laughs> to understand them from a different language, that's a whole different level. Yeah. I mean, that'd be tough. I mean, I, I took three years of Spanish. I am by no means bilingual. <laughs> I, yeah. I can pick out some words. That's about as crazy as I get. But right. um, It really... And that's the thing, like... If you want to learn a language and be bilingual, you gotta go to wherever yeah. that language is spoken. I think that's definitely. You know, I had this idea the other. I I spent. Th- this is my big quarantine accomplishment, and I'm still no, not good at it. But one of the things that um, I was listening to something, and 
they were rolling their R's really hard with the tongue, the tongue yeah, roll. Yeah. And I had never been able to do that. And uh, so I spent, my, my poor girlfriend, I'll just say, <laughs> because I, I just don't, I didn't know you could learn it, I guess. And it is something you can learn, yeah, I guess. absolutely. And uh, so my big accomplishment is being able to <laughs> be able yeah. to kind of roll <laughs> nice. my tongue. I still nice. get, have a tough time with the R's, but, you know, I, and it just makes me think, like, Though, and just listening to like different languages and stuff like that, like I think that probably the language you speak, in like, it kind of infects the way you think a lot. You know, it's just completely different sounds and different yeah. parts. Like, and I, I don't know. I think I went a long time without really thinking too too much into it. But how like you know, kind of you know, I don't need to ever learn any other language or you know I'm, I'm i speak english english you know i, I kind of have yeah, this yeah. mentality but then thinking about it further i'm like you know it's it's it would open your mind just like learning you know playing in the wesleyan jazz band yep. would open up some different neuro pathways in yep. your head i think speaking a, a different language and you you know you're using different parts of the, the, the like um, acoustics in your mouth and you're you know doing different things like like guttural noises that I've yeah. never even made before I don't know it's, that, it is a wild experience I'll say that because I my dad's black and my mom's white I'm not at all Hispanic mm-hmm. I just went and lived there because I wanted to learn Spanish and it worked and awesome. what I can say from it is that it completely changed my life like because it just opens an entire new world like you said i now can speak to tons and tons and tons more people than i ever could have before and i think that has like how you express it would make you think differently you uh-huh. know how you like the same idea in two different languages and again i by no means speak another language <laughs> but you're right on you're right on point but like just the idea of it I've thought about a lot. And I, I do have, like, a, at some point, I think I, I could I could probably pick up Spanish because I, you know, I took three years of it in high school. I have a lot of vocab yeah, yeah. words up there, but as far as, like, how to, like, actually talk, I don't think I would do very good in understanding people. If, know, they'd like, have to speak really slow. but Right. And that's what it takes. I mean, I, I went through all that, having asking people, please slow down. <laughs> but... It really just takes... If you can understand the concepts of, like, how their grammar works and how they form their sentences, that's... It starts to click. And you're just like, oh, okay. So, like, now when I speak Spanish, it's like a flip, like a switch in my head. They say you start dreaming in Spanish. Oh, absolutely, yeah. You get fluent. Did that happen? Like, yeah, totally. A switch... Like, when I'm in Mexico and I'm with all my friends and just hanging out there... English is nowhere to be found in my mind. Like, I'm not thinking anything in English. I'm thinking everything in Spanish because I'm just in that environment. Right. See, that But then I come crazy. back home, and, like, it's really weird getting on the plane and then landing, and then everybody's speaking a different language, and I have to switch that back because mm-hmm. I'll, like, walk up to somebody. Like, when I just got to Chicago, I just got back from Mexico, and I'm walking through the airport trying to find where I'm going, and I walk up to somebody, and I'm, like, thinking, wait a minute, what am I going to say? Because I'm like, where am I at? And I'm like, okay, English. And I'm like, okay, hey, where do I need to go? <laughs> but it's, it, it's but a just great that phrase by itself. I mean, I feel like, where do I need to go? You know, would be like, you'd say you'd have to do it in a different um, 
kind of order and you know just that tiny variation and just that one phrase you know would be like yeah. kind of backwards maybe than what you would how you would yeah. say it and just that like flip of like you know that the the kind of some of the concepts being reversed right i mean i'm and sure it that, that just opens you. up your head like in a different way like i'll say because there's plenty of things and phrases that will make sense in one language that don't make sense if you try to translate it back mm -hmm. to your own language so i'll say things in english that might not make sense but it's because i'm thinking oh well this is what how i'd say it in spanish and like I'd say it, just not even thinking about it, how it doesn't make sense in English. And then my friends are like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh, wait a second, let me rethink it." But right. it's a great awesome. experience. It's part of my like adventure spirit and like feeling like I'm missing out. I feel like I need, like I have a passion for languages. I need to learn as many as I can, so I'm not missing out on everything, you know? <laughs> yeah, I think I've been. A I'm more open up to that idea now. I think I spent a lot of time, like, not thinking about it at all. Yeah. But at, at a certain point, you know, it, after, you know, maybe this quarantine has got me thinking about it a little bit more. But yeah. anyway, so um, where can people find your music? And uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, a couple, anywhere. A couple uh, songs out there, right? Yeah, and if you we are up. going on a hiatus, but... Tomorrow we're actually going in to record. Awesome. You so we're going to try to... Or? We're going out to um, a place in Tremont. Hmm. A new place with a guy called... With a guy named Matt Rush. Awesome. So we'll hopefully have a few songs that we can release soon. Very cool. That'll be something to send people away on your hiatus with yeah. for a little while. At yeah. Least. So for that's, sure. That's awesome. And we'll have a live EP hopefully out soon. And I'll definitely put all your links and stuff in the comments or description. And right on. Um, this will be available on everywhere you stream podcasts and stuff. Sounds so, good. Um, and I'll put put you know make it really easy for people to find you. So be sure to go and like Austin's all his pages, all his follow him on Spotify, all that stuff. Three um, Third Street Down. Third Street what down. was the other band name? Uh, it was Sunday afternoon before. Did you release anything under that name? Uh, that. We did, it was an EP called, um, oh man, Relationship uh, relationship Status. There you go. So check that out <laughs> on all the streaming sites as well. I appreciate you coming in to do this. It was nice Thanks sitting down and talking me. to you, and I'm glad I got it uh, got it done before you took off. I didn't yeah. know that that was even going to be an option. So yeah. anyway, yeah, I appreciate anybody who took the time to listen, and uh, I will talk to you next time. Have a good one. Peace.